guys, Dee Williams here, and you are listening to episode number 16 of the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. Let's get fired up! Welcome to StaffingStartup.tv, the podcast that gives you direct access to the world's leading recruitment, staffing, and startup experts. Dee Williams speaks with amazing thought leaders, venture capitalists, and technology trendsetters about their journey, challenges, and successes related to recruitment, staffing, and hiring. Now, here's your host, Dee Williams. Woo! All right. <laughs> It is StaffingStartup.tv Day. My name is Dee Williams, and I am your host today for the StaffingStartup.tv podcast, where we get fired up about recruitment and staffing. That's right. This podcast is all about the ins and outs, ups and downs, and all arounds of finding and nurturing and securing exceptional talent for companies all across the globe. And today we're diving right into one of my favorite segments, Driven Insight. That's right, Driven Insights, where we talk to thought leaders about recruitment, hiring, and recruitment leadership practices that will help staffing entrepreneurs support their clients and candidates more effectively to grow their business. And I'm very happy to have here with us today, Gary Romano, who is a strategist, a tactician, and co-author of the book, Lean Recruitment, Finding Better Talent Faster. Hey, Gary, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me on. Ah, so, you know, you and I have talked before and I was so fired up, like after our conversation, <laughs> like I immediately went out and um, purchased your book and dove right into it. So can you tell the world a little bit about you and what inspired you to write this book? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've had a firm, we're in our ninth year, Civitas Strategies, and we focus on helping public serving organizations to increase their impact. So that's both for-profits and non-profits. As long as they serve the public good, we serve them. For years, um, we had clients who were asking us, why don't you do recruiting? Can you do recruiting? And I always felt like it was this kind of black box. It was this mythical thing that only highly specialized people could do. So we avoided it. And then what happened was, you know, because the the competition for talent, especially in the nonprofit sector, is fierce, but it's it is nationally, right? And growing as we get closer to kind of almost zero unemployment. Um you know, we started to get more and more pressure to now help some of our clients find a firm. Because for the first time, they were having to engage firms, right? So it was a real kind of interesting way at the ground level to see how much the market was growing firsthand, right? Because you had all these organizations had never had to bring a recruiter in. Now they did. And, you know, at, uh, at the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, we had one client who said they got a large grant. They had a number of positions they had to fill. And they said, you're going to hire for us. And I said, well, we don't do that. And so he said, yes, you do. Because I don't like recruiters. Right. You know, you're going to be able to do this. And, you know, that's that. So I set my team down and we looked at over 100 articles on recruiting cross sector, right? Like wow. what's effective recruiting? I also talked with a number of CEOs in our field, right? So specifically nonprofit or other public serving CEOs. And I think what we heard is what you hear in other fields, right? Is that the biggest issues are cost and time. Mm hmm. So what I said to our group was, I said, like, what if we could rebuild the recruiting business model and 
we could do a few things with it, right? One is cut the cost in half, cut the time in half, also make it entirely self-executable. Because in our world, you know, in terms of nonprofits, some of them may never be able to afford us, right? right? But right. can we do it so that they could execute it? And frankly, that helps us too, because when you talk about the business of recruiting, it's a lot easier to have a system that almost anyone can implement versus one that only one person can implement. And if you lose them, you have to search, right, for your yeah. own talent. Yeah. So uh, that's how Lean Recruitment was born. And so that was 2014. Um, since then, it's benchmarked at half the cost in 40% of the time wow. um, and continues to. We came out with the book as part of our ability to share it. And, and what we did was we took, we held nothing back. So it's entirely our internal procedures with a nice cover. And the book, since it was released in October 2017, is now being used by hundreds of organizations, both for-profit and non-profit, just anyone who needed a, a system. And it's now on three continents. So wow. we're excited about that. And then, of course, there's other implications for our business, of course, you yeah. in terms of what it's driven to us. Yeah. As you think about a recruiting enterprise. Yeah. That's amazing. So I want I want to talk a little bit more. We're going to take a quick break, but I want to talk a little bit more about the concept of lean recruiting and how that can help not just nonprofits, but for profits. Uh, we're here with Gary Romano. We will be right back. You're listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. For more info on today's show, be sure to check out the show notes at StaffingStartup.tv. Okay, that was quick, right? So <laughs> uh, my name is Dee Williams, and we are here. You're here at StaffingStartup.tv, and I'm here with Gary Romano. He's the co-author of the book, Lean Recruitment, Finding Better Talent Faster. And Gary, I want to talk a little bit about this whole entire concept of lean recruiting. So I know how you got started. And it's so interesting because I tell people all the time, I've no, not known one person who has waken up one morning and said, I'm going to be a recruiter, you know, <laughs> one day. It's something that you kind of accidentally get into, you know, yep. if that makes sense. And so, but over the years, you've you've gone through this process and I've read the book. And, and so you've worked with all of these companies and you've watched the process. So not only did you do your market research before you launched, but you kind of lived in that world to some degree and experienced it. Tell us a little bit about lean recruiting. What is lean recruiting? So it's it's a simple system. And again, anyone can execute it, right? Certainly getting professional help uh, does make it easier, right? And yeah. what we've done is it's all research-based. But what amazed us when we looked at the research was whether it's in, an in-house recruiter or a consultant, how few recruiters actually are familiar with the research, what's effective, and how you, when you apply it, how, I want to say how easy it could be, but how easy it could be, right? Mm -hmm. So we tried to figure out what were the most critical elements, right? So what's a lean system in that it has only the things that are most important, right? So first of all, it's based on the premise that the best talent is not looking, right? The greatest value you're going to have for a customer is finding the person who isn't looking, may have not even thought about a job, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That, your, that your means, passive talent, right? You're talking that's about. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of principle one, Right. Principle two is that it's going to have to go beyond your network, right? The chances are, you know, if they knew a person already, and again, this is kind of counterintuitive for the field, right? Right? They right. would have done it, right? Right. The third premise is the more decisions you can make up front, 
with the search team, whether it's an individual or a whole committee, the better. So in other words, because we know a lot of times the job gets open, everyone panics, right? And they go, oh my gosh, so-and-so's leaving, right? D's leaving, what are we gonna do? Mm -hmm. Well, let's get a job description out on the street. Okay, well, we have to get it within 24 hours. Let's all sit down and write every single thing we might want the new D to have in the future. Mm -hmm. So what you end up with is a laundry list. Now, on the side of the, the search committee or the individual hiring manager, they're sitting there saying, well, this is great. It gets everything possible out there. Maybe I'll get 60, 70 percent. I'll be happy. Right. Right. But the research shows very clearly that the people on the other end don't see it that way. Right. They look at it and they say, I only have 60 or 70 percent of these things. I'm not going to apply for it. And this is especially true of women and people of color. Right. And so, you know, some of the best candidates out there pre-select out, they look at your rush. You think, ah, they'll figure it out. But they don't. Instead, what they do is they say, this job's not for me. And so now you've already constrained your pool. Right. Then you get all these resumes in based on the whole laundry list. And then you sit down and you say, when you look at them and you say, gosh, really, these two or three things were really most important to me. Yeah. And now instead of 100 people to choose from, I have 10. Yeah. And of those, maybe two or three are good. So what we do in lean recruitment is we, we flip that around, right? So the most important things we talk about are, you know, in the initial step, and in the first step is getting what we call a position announcement out there. So in other words, go away from the, putting the position description out on the street. Put something out that's going to compel them, right? right? The first thing you should be doing is not just telling about your organization, like we produce a thousand widgets, but... Again, if we're thinking about D already has a job, right? And I want to get her here. What is the most exciting thing for D that she could imagine about working for us? Yeah. And then when you tell her about the job, limit it to five to seven things, right? And that's based on cognitive science, right? But limit it to a, just a select number of the most important things, right? And then tell D what she has to do at the end, right? And that's where you get into all the stuff like send your resume here, whatever, you know, uh, examples of your work, et cetera. In step two, yes, we are working with a client's network, but we're also headhunting and we're doing that online entirely. LinkedIn is a tremendous resource. Mm -hmm. It's easy to use, mm -hmm. right? And if you ask, and we have it in the book, a number of questions up front about the type of person you're looking for and get to specificity, pretty much almost anyone can then recruit off of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And we look for what we call both you know, potential candidates, but also connectors, right? So you're not just looking for who might want the job, but maybe D is far too senior for this position, but we know D is going to have a number of protégés around the country mm -hmm. might be perfect. So how do we get this information out to them and ask them to share it with their network so you get that additive effect? And then in the final step, we're reviewing these, these um, applications that come in, and we recommend using a scorecard, which is absolutely amazing to me. And, and I say as a manager for years, and I've been managing literally since I was 16 years old. And I used to think I had the perfect method, right? Which is I printed out all of the resumes and I would go through them really quickly like this. And, and I always knew the gems, right? When you look at the research, absolute worst way you could do it. And I was stunned because I thought I was so darn smart. Mm -hmm. And what you find out is scorecards, especially using weighted scorecards, become an incredibly great way to ensure that you're A, finding the right person who and really looking at what they have, but then also 
um, reducing any potential bias that you may have in your system. So Gary, hold that thought. We're going to come right back. I want to talk a little bit more about scorecards because I don't think that that's something that most recruiters are using on any level, right? So, and I, I personally, I, I guess I have my own scoring um, system, but I, I, I know I want to hear more about your scorecard system. That was actually one of my questions, and I'm sure everybody else does. We'll be right back with Gary Romano. Attention, all computer and information technology professionals. It is estimated that the business of placing contract technology workers is at least a billion-dollar industry. And today, we want to show you how you can become a supplier of tech talent to companies all over the world. That's right. You can put your IT colleagues on contract and build them out. It's not rocket science and is a great additional income. Let Staffingpreneurs Academy show you how to start your very own IT niche recruitment, staffing, and consulting business. Learn more at staffingpreneursacademy.com slash IT. That's staffing, P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S, academy.com slash IT right now. All right. Welcome back to StaffingStartup.tv. My name is Dee Williams. We're here with Gary Romano, which I'm really excited because he's the co-author of the book Lean Recruitment. And he's talking about this idea of um, narrowing down your candidate choice based on a scorecard. Gary, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as I was saying earlier, right, you know, too many times search is about what happens after all the candidates come in, right? And the choices you make in reaction to the talent that you get in, right? And part of the fundamental shift that we made in our system based on the research is that really what you find is the greater specificity that that you can have for candidates, but also you as individuals, is critical, mm-hmm. right? As you know, whether it's a search committee or an individual person, because that's how you really can can a- be able to figure out what talent is best for you. So, what does this mean? This could be as simple as a spreadsheet, right? And on one side, on the top, going along the top, you have the different dimensions that you put on that announcement, and then a simple weighting system, right? So, how much? Not everything you're looking for is equal. Certain things are going to be much more important. Maybe if a person doesn't have a certain certification, you can't hire them at all, right? right? So that becomes a, a selector immediately. That's easy, right? Right. But maybe there's certain types of degrees that you give preference to or certain kinds of experience. And the greater specificity you can, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. And what happens in the scorecard is the scorecard is a triage system, not a decision-making system. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, as we all know, you put a job out there, whatever it is, you're going to end up with 100 plus resumes. And many of them are, are quite good, right? Right. So this gives you a way to start going through them and quantifying their qualifications very quickly. Mm-hmm. What we found, and I don't know why this is, right? So, uh, you know, statistically why it works, but every single project we've used lean recruitment for at any level, and we've used it from entry level all the way to CEO, there's always a cliff. So when we look at the resumes and we triage them, Somewhere around, you know, the top 10 to 25%, you'll see a sudden drop off in the scoring. Okay. So you end up with also a really simple mathematical way to say, this is who we're going to look at further, whether it's a vetting interview, a full interview process, whatever it is. So what's happening is you're making these decisions in an unbiased way, right? Mm -hmm. As you go through your resumes. Mm -hmm. Um, You also, frankly, have now some evidence on the methodology. So whether it's you doing it individually 
you can say, this is how I did it. If it's for a client, it's wonderful because the client now is not saying, Dee, why did you choose this person over this person? They can see mathematically, gosh, based on our values, I see how you scored it. And you may say, well, we know a little bit more about that person, so let's interview them anyway. Because again, it's not a decision-making system. Right. It's it's a way to triage, right? But you know, at least it gives them something that says there's a methodology behind this. They understand the method to the madness. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So do you feel like, that so I have a couple of questions and I have two questions and I don't know where do I, where I want to put them in at. One is about um, the emphasis that you put on the job descriptions. Do you feel like that plays a major role in how um, the 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 type of talent that you get back for the scoring system? One, that's my second question. My first question is: Are you scoring? Are you triaging all the resumes that you receive, or only like so? Would I go in and just kind of screen out who I already know? off the break is just not going to be a fit and then take that remaining pool and triage those or do I do everyone for you know I don't know no I mean you're absolutely right so yeah there is there is a pre-screen process there, right and so again like we've talked about if if somebody for example you need a xyz certification or this degree and they don't have it don't score them right right okay and and we all know from searches we've put out there, there's bots out there that are automatically sending resumes based on keywords. So right. you'll end up with a CEO position for widgets. Right. And you'll find somebody who's a widget maker, but the keyword was widget. So it automatically sent her resume. Right. Right. And you'll just see immediately, this is not the person for that job. Right. So yes, there is a kind of pre-triage. We do within it score as many as we can. One of the advantages of the scorecard is if you set it up and you have very clear metrics for each one of the um, capacities that you're looking for, pretty much anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. So we've had even people at the admin level who are able to score these things, right? Which dramatically reduces it for an organization. But again, if you think about this as your enterprise, you can now have people who are frankly much cheaper who are scoring that card for you. so I yeah. have a question. So does that devalue the uh, the recruiting, the recruiter, right? So if you if you can have an admin come in and do the job, does that devalue recruiting? Or is this more of a method to use when you have an organization that's not in a position to afford, you know, an expert? Because most recruiters I know are experts in this area, you know? Yeah, it, it does not devalue your expertise, okay. right? But what it does is it shifts it and it makes it more profitable and you're adding more value. So like if you look at us, right, you can buy the book right now. You could do the whole system yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't need us. Mm -hmm. People keep hiring us. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do they keep hiring us? Well, they keep hiring us because there are decisions you have to make along the way. And facilitating those values is important. When you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago your question to answer it on the announcement, the announcement is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. Right. People think of, we're going to put the job description out there. And the first thing I say is, no, 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 whatever you do, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You're trying to, this is, this is a recruiting piece, right? This is a specialized communication, projecting about your organization, getting somebody jazzed up. You need specialized knowledge and skills for that, ideally, mm-hmm. right? Could you do it yourself? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. There's a value add with the recruiter. A lot of the decisions around the scorecard and the weighting is something where the recruiter comes into play. There are many times where we've said to people, that's great, but you know what? Based on our knowledge of those kinds of positions and how they hire, you're not gonna find somebody at that level. Right. 
or maybe we need to raise the salary, right? So there is a, a very big value for you as the recruiter, right? You don't have to project there and say the admin did the scoring, right? But for you as a recruiter, what they see is they see extreme value and they see all of these things scored, mm -hmm. right? So it's a way to make yourself more profitable and you're applying your time to where it's going to be most valuable, which is in that client interaction and making the decisions and getting the word out there. StaffingStartup.tv is your number one source for news, information, and live interviews specific to the growth and success of niche recruiting and staffing agency business owners, staffingpreneurs. Mm -hmm. I have another question. Why um, Why initially the, the nonprofit space? I know I know you do some things for for-profit, but where, what is your passion around nonprofits? So, so in, in particular, our mission and my personal mission is around vulnerable children and families. So we work exclusively with organizations that in some way are also concerned about children and families in poverty. That's been, you know, personal interest of mine. When we work with for-profits, it's for-profits who are working with these kinds of families or developing services that are ultimately going to benefit them. Um, so that's a personal mission of ours. But, you know, as you said, like we've used it, you know, with for-profits who are in this space, other people are using it with for-profits. You know, uh, my wife who's in big pharma even took the book to her work because wow. you'd be amazed at how little training there is for management, even at the senior level around, you know, how, how do you actually go around the mechanics of hiring wow. and, and start making these decisions? Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so we're going to be right back one more time. And uh, we want to continue to talk to Gary. Lean recruitment, I'm really getting jazzed up about the, the idea. I, so just really quickly before we go to commercial, like, so first of all, I love the idea of being very specific with the job descriptions. I do feel like with a lot of the newbies that, um, that I work with, that's a piece that they still look at in a very old school perspective. Like, yeah, let's just go ahead and post the job out and wait for them to flood in. And, and for some positions, the resumes will flood in, but for some positions, you're going to get crickets. You know what I'm saying? There, you're going to get five people that are going to apply. And, and it's because of the way that job description is written and, and different things like that. So I love the fact that you brought emphasis to that because that's not something that I hear often, even from like my guests or when I talk to other professionals, nobody talks about that piece. So that's really cool. And, um, and I love your mission. Like I'm over here like, oh, you know, we need more people with that big heart. So we'll be back with Gary Romano with the big heart and the big mission <laughs> doing big things. <laughs> All right now. <laughs> so I'm an IT developer and my wife is an RN. We'd been thinking about starting a business together for a while, but wasn't really sure what type of business to start. We came across this video on YouTube on how to start a niche staffing business, and we knew that's what we were looking for. You, too, can learn how to get started with your business at staffingpreneursacademy.com. That's staffing, P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S, academy.com. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. I am Dee Williams, host of the StaffingStartup.tv. I'm so excited today. Y'all know I get fired up about people coming on the show, thought leaders, amazing thought leaders coming on the show and talking about one of the things that I love to talk about the most, which is recruitment and staffing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we have talked about scorecards. We have talked about lean recruitment as a whole. We've talked about this job description. Um, Gary, what can our audience do for you? So what can you do for us? You know, what I would say is, you know, 
buy the book, use the system, right? You know, we have a niche. We're very specific about it. I think there's such a desperate need for talent because a lot of people have said, well, why would you put it out there? There is so much work in talent and so much need for support in getting good talent, getting top-notch talent that I don't feel um, any worries about competition. What I would say is get it, use it. It's an easy-to-use system. Like I said, hundreds of people are already using it, three continents. Get it to use it. Help some of these organizations, whether it's for-profit or non-profit, I don't care. Help them get the best talent possible and help some people get some great jobs. The StaffingStartup.tv podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before you make any decision based on anything in our podcast. Visit StaffingStartup.tv to learn more about how we're regulated or access our terms and conditions. Yeah, awesome. Um, one more question. Um for my newbies, for all of my staffingpreneurs that are just starting out in this industry, they're looking to impact a company's, um, you know, business uh, process or what have you. What advice do you have for them in particular? So, how do you mean business process? Like helping them to 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 yeah. hire to, throughout their recruitment, yeah. right? To to place amazing people. But typically, when you're talking about placing people, you like to look at you know, what challenges the company is experiencing, mm-hmm. um, what solutions they're trying to offer to their clients and what process they're going through to get that talent on into the company. Because if there's a, a hiring issue, if there's um, then typically it has something to do with a portion of the process. So being able to look at that process and understanding where that is and then to fill the need through their recruitment and staffing solutions is where they're found, I, I feel like most valuable. But they're starting, they're on this startup journey and they're going through some of the same things that you went through when you decided to not just start your full business, but to even start the recruitment and staffing practice as new entrepreneurs in this space. Do you have any advice for someone? Absolutely. So first and foremost, get a system, stick to it, Mm -hmm. right? Make it something that you can replicate and you can replicate as profitably as possible. And I don't mean that in terms of a dirty word like, you know, we're taking nonprofits, we're profitable, right? Your business, this is part of how you continue to develop over the years, et cetera, et cetera. So however you're going to approach it, yes, you can innovate over time, but have a methodology you're using. Sometimes when people enter this space, I think they say, we're going to do it all custom, right? Bad idea really bad idea, right? Whatever you do, make sure it's research-based, it's going to work, you can replicate it, you can do it every time, so you can start getting some efficiencies around it. That's absolutely crucial. The The second thing I would think about is definitely ask those questions you were just saying, right? Why is this person leaving if it's appropriate? What's your turnover like, right? Because especially if you're going to be going out there and you're going to be trying to attract that best talent, the talent that isn't looking, right? You need to be excited about this, but you also need to know the mind, the the minefields, right? Like you don't want to go out there and hear, well, do you know that they're about to be sold, right? right? And now you're dealing with these questions, right? Ask those questions. Where are we, right? Why would somebody, you know, why why have you why are you coming to me, right? You know, is it just I need an outsource, or is it we have tried to fill this job and everyone knows we're going to be sold, so they won't come here, right? And it isn't about necessarily saying, well, I won't work with you, right? What it is about is. It is about, um, you know, just being able to know what is it going to take to really navigate this project? What are my risks with it? 
right? Mm. Because ultimately, you know, those risks are going to hit your profitability. Um, the last thing I would say is, I would say, think about how you're going to get this out there, how you're going to sell, right? And when I talk about sales with, uh, you know, for-profits serving the nonprofit world, so those for-profits I work with, I always talk about a bullseye, right? In the center of it are your current clients, right? So how do you keep that current client? And the next ring out on that bullseye are those people who already know your value, right? So how do you continually reconnect with the person who has used you in the past? And that doesn't mean simple emails saying, D, we had a great search for you last year. Do you have any staffing needs, right? But what it means is, D, I have a great article on staffing in the widget world. I just wanted to share this with you, right? And similarly, same thing is as you develop your portfolio of services and you start to other, offer other services, it provides a nice way of saying, D, you know, I saw this article around HR in the widget world. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it. We've gotten very deep into this now. You know, we're doing a lot of these kinds of things in the widget world, right? So always be thinking about those relationships. Don't think about the cold call. Think about how you provide value to current and former clients every day because that's how you're going to build that business. It's not going to be through the cold call or through just, you know, random advertising. Those relationships, those value-based mm-hmm. relationships are a thousand percent imperative. And I could just hug you virtually for saying that, right? Because one of the the biggest questions that we get um, when I get phone calls and emails and even under my YouTube videos, um, how do I get the clients? You know, that's the biggest question. And when I respond back, start by building the relationship. It's almost like I can feel their eyes rolling in the back of their head like, oh, gosh, here we go again but it's the real deal like if you're not able to establish that that relationship and to be able to give that value then why would they even take the time to connect with you right absolutely right absolutely right and and so you almost kind of see it as like the first step before you even launch your business right mm-hmm. where are your relationships and and you know, we have a whole system that we use with our clients, you know, where you really suss out what your value is as wow. a consultant, right? By talking to people who have hired you. And two things happen. One is you learn because you may say my value is A, but when I talk to you, D, you may say, oh, Gary, your value is really B. Well, that's really interesting, right? And that's where it's going to really sing to a potential customer and those people already know you. The other thing that starts happening is you start to gin up business because they go, D, I didn't know you were thinking about starting your own recruiting firm. I'd be your first customer. Yeah. And now you're launching with people, right? And so you're absolutely right. Those relationships are critical. And if you don't have them, get them, right? It's going to take a little time, but without those relationships, you can make a thousand cold calls. And the worst case scenario with a cold call is honestly that you'll get a job because there's probably something wrong that that person is not going with somebody they know, but somebody who just called them out at random. Say that again. I'm I'm going to make sure we can repeat that part again, because just getting newbies to, to understand that process, like, is like, you know, no, no, but I, I I had one young lady call me recently. She's like, I've been working on the business for a year and a half. She didn't get a coach, right? She finally got her first contract. It was a VMS contract and she was miserable. And she was miserable because she was just submitting, just like really not able to, I guess, enjoy the excitement of recruitment and staffing the way, definitely the way I 
you know, enjoy it. And I can tell probably the way you enjoy it as well. And so she's like, what, what, what did I do wrong? And I said, you spent a year and a half working on a VMS, getting a VMS contract. Did you ever throughout that course of time, take the time to start building relationships with people where you can have contracts on your own? And she said, no. And when I asked her why, she said she was afraid of calling the hiring managers. And I said, because you don't have value to give them. When you have something of value to give, it's so much easier to make that phone call or to send that email. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And and that's and that's so critical, right? Is think about, take some time, write down four, five, six bullets, right? You'll hear me talk about five to seven a lot because cognitively, that's about what you can keep in your ready memory at any time, right? right. So if you're going to keep something just in your head, that's the best way to do it. And you know, what I would say is have those things of the hiring, my customer, right? The person who's hiring me, these are the five to seven things that are most important to them. It may have nothing to do with recruiting, mm-hmm. but that's having value, right? Mm-hmm. When you say, D, I heard you. I heard that issue that you're having around financials, Right. I just happen to see this training come up locally. I don't know if it's of interest, right? That says to this person, I listen to you. I care about you. I care about your business. I care about you succeeding. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they're going to care about your success. Mm-hmm. So powerful. So powerful. So where can we find you and where and where can we purchase the book? So we're, uh, if you want to find us, we're at www.civstrat.com and you can sign up for our newsletter there and, and we have other freebies. Um, but you can also find the book on amazon.com and uh, it is there 24 seven. It continues to sell every day. Yes, I got my copy. If y'all are watching on YouTube, you'll see that I'm holding a copy. So you'll know that it is real live in a living color. <laughs> And that I really read it, right? Um, I am so like honored that you stopped by to hang out with us here at StaffingStartup.tv. As you continue to grow throughout your career, will you come back and hang out with us again? I would love to. I would love to. And I think it would be great to have that conversation around sales and marketing. Because to me, I love talking sales and marketing. See, you just, you, you got to come back in a couple of weeks because we're actually <laughs> having, <laughs> look, I got excited because we're actually having um, a two-week um, um, prom- well, I don't say promotion, but our two-week theme is going to be around sales and marketing. So when we do that, I'm going to bring you back for real, right? Be my pleasure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. We- our guest today, Gary Romano, co-author of the book Lean Recruitment. My name is Dee Williams. You're listening to StaffingStartup.tv. I just want to say to my newbies that are out there coming into this business, you can do it. And for my recruiters that are listening, listen, we're here to help you ramp your desk up too. So let's rock it out. High five to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening and have an amazing day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at StaffingStartup.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please leave a five-star rating and a super awesome review so others can enjoy the show too. Check out the live video footage on YouTube. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.